And they're like, what are you, what'd you spend your allowance on? Ah, no, Mr. Jerry uh, had a sword I could buy. My dad's probably like, all right. Well, whatever. <laughs> you imagine like coming home, you're like 10 or 11 with a sword yeah. from your scoutmaster. Right, but here's the thing. I mean, God bless our parents. Like they didn't understand <laughs> it. They didn't know what was going on. Yeah, my parents could have been like, no, I'm shutting it down. Right. Dun you're going to go over to, to Mr. Jerry's house and play Dungeons and Dragons on a weekend. Yep. Scouts isn't the weekend. Right. Yeah, I could have gotten shut down too. And, and they were like, ah, no, we trust you. Mm -hmm. We trust you. <laughs> Coming home with a sword. Ah. Welcome back to Digitally Distracted. Yes, this is the faded Dungeons & Dragons episode. We, we kept referencing Dungeons & Dragons, so we figured let's just get it all out. Let's spit it all out now on the show as a main topic so we can stop annoying you with our D&D chats. Let's I'm, get it all out on the I'm hook. excited. D&D. We both love it. We both love tabletop games and tabletop role-playing games, though you have more experience with non-D&D games. We'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. But I want to start off. We've briefly mentioned this before. First experiences with Dungeons and Dragons. How did you first hear about Dungeons and Dragons? Where did it all start for you? I know you said it was high school. Yeah, yeah. You know that's that's a good question. I don't know where I. Did you hear about it before it was introduced to you? You know, I think I might have stumbled upon it in the bookstore, mm -hmm. and with the cover art, probably stood out. For yeah, medieval fantasy. Like, Man, this is so cool. What what is this? You know, were you into like the young adult fantasy novels back then, like no, the no, Terry Goodkind? No, or? I was really actually into the artwork. Okay, you know, yeah, artwork back then—that was the thing that drew you in when yep. it came to books. Yep. For me, I would read a book based on the cover. Yep. That's why I read a book. Just like I would buy an NES game based on the cover. Yeah. There were no previews. I wasn't going online and looking at a trailer. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think I think now that I think about it. Um, my intro into D and D was the Choose Your Own Adventures books. I loved those, especially yes. the late. These are older, newer ones, newer. But the Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventures. Really? As much as I don't like horror, I mean, Goosebumps is like the lowest bar for horror. <laughs> anyway, it's not very scary. I mean, the books are probably scarier than the uh, the Fox Kids TV show. Mm. Oh, so cringy, but so great, so fun to watch that old Goosebumps show. But I remember sitting on the bus. Because, again, I mentioned this before. I wouldn't take my Game Boy on the bus. It was right. like, that was a faux pas. That was a scary thing to do because I didn't want to lose my Game Boy. Right. So I would take my Choose Your Own Adventure novels that I would borrow from the library or that I bought. Most of them I borrowed from the library. I was a library hound back in the day. And I would just sit there and I was just like, oh, oh I'm going down that. I'm going in that tunnel. Right. Page 40. You died. Oh. <laughs> Got me again. And then I would go back and cheat. I'm like. Nah, I'm not starting over. Right, right. You always keep start. your fingers in the yep, pages. Yep, I'm going back. Uh, you know what? No, I'm, I'm actually going to go up the ladder. That was like a save point. You yeah. know, you stick your finger in there. The original save point right. was bookmarking your choose-your-own-adventure novel. Exactly. Oh, we're going way back. So you saw it in like a regular bookstore? Um, Right, yeah. So I did the choose-your-own-adventure books. That's where I started. And then the Joe, uh, Joe Denver, 
Lone Wolf series okay. where there was actually some combat mm, involved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, really enjoyed those books in that series. And then I kind of outgrew that. And I was looking for the next sort of what's next? What's after this? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I uh, watched some kids rolling some dice on the bus. And it was sort of their own homebrew D&D. Wait, on the bus? On the bus. On the bus, yeah. they were rolling dice. Yeah. Were they rolling the, the more, were they six-sided or were these? They more? were six-sided. No, they were so six-sided. just normal it dice. It was their own kind of homebrew system. And I remember like watching them and trying to like wrap my mind around what they were doing. And I... Yeah, because it's not like you knew about craps. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just so I knew that there was something out there, but mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. And it's sort of like, you know, when you when you try to describe what D and D is to like your parents, you, they can't wrap their mind around no, it. No, no, they can't. So I was pursuing this, having a hard time wrapping my mind around it, but knowing that there was there was something out there. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that was my introduction. How so about like, you? What is this game with dice? Yeah, that isn't Yahtzee, right? <laughs> and that's what it was for you. So me, I I don't know if I told the full story, but I briefly touched on it. That it was my scoutmaster yes! that got me into Dungeons and Dragons, and it it all started with he knew I was into role playing games, knew I loved role playing games, but I've always been a Japanese role playing game fan. You know, my RPGs gots to have some J in them. Right. Why are they so J, (laughs) (laughs) those RPGs? Never was a big Western RPG guy. My Scoutmaster got me into Western RPGs. Before that, though, Final Fantasy, I would talk to him about that because he had an old Nintendo. Because at that point, they were getting old. Super Nintendo was a big deal. Genesis was a big deal. Not a lot of people were talking about Nintendo anymore. Except me and my Scoutmaster, I guess. And he let me borrow the original Dragon Warrior. So he didn't play Final Fantasy, but he knew Dragon Warrior for NES. Dragon Quest, Mm. as it is now known everywhere. Mm -hmm. They changed the name finally to the Japanese title. But I actually struggled with liking the original Dragon Warrior because it felt very slow to me. Slower than the original Final Fantasy. You don't see your characters on screen. Mm. And you're just seeing the enemies. But I liked the idea of it. That was the most J his RPGs got. Mm -hmm. He was more into the Western RPGs, specifically on the PC. So things like Eye of the Beholder, right? Um, a lot of the advanced D and D based games, and for the I cannot recall there was this one that he let me borrow, and it was so good, and I still to this day can't remember what it was called, hmm. and it, it frustrates me so much. I remember my party getting to the final adventure. We were at the final area. It was this weird like blue glass sort of map dungeon and i was a wizard character of course you saw your characters it's definitely more of an ultima style game Mm -hmm. the ultima games feel very western they don't have that jrpg feeling because it's like almost real-time combat Mm -hmm. and then eye of the beholder do you know eye of the beholder that's the one where it's it's first person view and it's like a dungeon yes 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 yeah and you'll, you'll come across monsters and you'll click on them to attack them you have your party uh i was really he got me into ultima a little bit but i wish if I could remember those games, this might be a, a task for the Discord server. <laughs> or you're going to have to help me figure out what this game was. And I loved it so much. And then he got me into Baldur's Gate, which mm. we talked about briefly. And I was just like, man, that's so cool. He's like, well, you know where all this stuff was inspired. 
Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, well, I feel like I'd heard the term Dungeons and Dragons. I don't think I ever saw the show. Did you ever watch the Dungeons the, and Dragons the show? The cartoon? The cartoon. Yes. Yeah. What did you think of the cartoon? It didn't really have much in common with the actual game. No, because it was kids yeah. that were in Dungeons and Dragons, but they were like kids from the modern world that right. went in and like, I'll be the elf archer. Yeah. And I hated it. I thought it was so stupid. Yeah. I thought it was so stupid. Yeah. Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that on camera because I'm sure there's some fans. Of that. I just didn't. It's the same thing that bothers me with like Kingdom Hearts where it's a kid pulled into like this Final Fantasy world with Disney and everything. Mm -hmm. Or one that's a real offender in this style of storytelling. The original Final Fantasy Tactics for PlayStation 1. Love that game. Amazing game. It takes place in its own world. And then Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, the sequel, is about kids that get pulled into the world of Final Fantasy Tactics. Why did you have to get just tell another story in that right, world? Right. Very frustrating. And I always struggle with the name of it. I used to say Ivalice, but I think it's Ivalice. Hmm. Or Ivalice. 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 I think it's Ivalice is the name of the world. It's also the same world that I believe Final Fantasy XII takes place in, which is kind of a nice callback mm -hmm. tactics advance that made me mad but that's why i never really got into the dungeons and dragons cartoon it was also a little before my time yeah because that was like earlier 80s mm -hmm. so i would not have gotten up in the morning to watch it yeah but instead of just doing it in the world and doing like a forgotten realm story or whatever i guess that'd be a little too intense so they had to make it a little more kid friendly yeah and that makes sense that's probably how they could probably relate the the audience to mm -hmm. the the characters as though they're especially with the stigma yeah dnd also how who was like you know what would be a good but, cartoon show for the kids right something based on dungeons and dragons but wouldn't that actually feed into the stereotypes where you're saying like oh you're actually pulled into yeah, this world and you're casting spells and you believe this stuff is real oh that's tr so you that might have made it even worse yeah that's what i'm thinking that's crazy. I never thought about that. Yeah, because the parents. Oh, is if it's anything like what this game or this show is trying to mm -hmm. trick you into thinking mm -hmm. is real, turn that off. I didn't think about that. But yeah, so Baldur's Gate is talking about what the inspiration was, and he's like, "Well, there's Dungeons and Dragons Third Edition. Third Edition was new. He had not played it. He he played Second or Advanced right. Edition. That was kind of what he knew. That's what Baldur's Gate was based on." Facco. Mm -hmm. It's all about to hit that Facco. Yep. Negative armor class. Yep. My armor class is so negative, I you can't still, even hit me. I still Not revert back to that, you know, where the lower yeah. the better. The, the hardest thing to understand and calculate in advanced, and yet you train your brain to be like, oh, no, yep, yep. yep. And they're like, oh, armor class 20? Good luck, yeah. wizard. <laughs> yeah. But it's like nowadays, no, that's... Yeah, that's you want that negative want. four, negative five. That's what you want. <laughs> absolutely so i got really got into Baldur's gate and he's like you know what why don't we do let's go old school and let's get into dungeons and dragons and he let me borrow the player's handbook and the first main player's handbook for third edition came with a character creator disc hmm. which was awesome so that's how we would do it we all we all borrowed the so disc it was like a tutorial no 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 you would install the disc mm -hmm. and you would go through menus, and you would create your character oh. sheet, drag and drop, like, oh, I have these items. You type in everything, and then you would print it out, and you would bring it with you. We all installed the disc. That actually is great. It was so convenient. It was so great. Perfect. That was, like, super way ahead when it comes to, like, D&D &D mm -hmm. stuff. It's crazy to think how 
I started with one that was already so advanced, right. but wasn't advanced D and D. And we, that's what we would do. We'd all install it. We would print out our character sheets. We would bring in for the next one if we leveled up or anything. And at, type in new items because it had a database of like the common stuff. And then you would have to manually type in anything weird or, or if it gave, it would calculate all of your stats, what your roles would be for spells, things hmm. like that within the program. And it was usually accurate. And if you had to make any changes, you just did them on your sheet after you printed it out. So that was pretty cool. And our printer wasn't even that good. So it was, <laughs> sometimes he would have to print my sheet for me because we didn't have ink or, I don't even know if we had a printer at first, but I knew I would make the character. Right. Maybe put on like a floppy disk, I think. You mm-hmm. could like save the character file. Yeah, take it to Kinko's, have them print <laughs> Kinko's. it out for you. Can, 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 can Kinko that out for me? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's Kinko's. Windswept. That's right. <laughs> Windswept yep. is our, our Kinko's. That's our local mom and pop Kinko's. Mm-hmm. So that was my first experience. And we can talk more about like how that went. But he put together a group. It was his son who was also in Scouts, Boy Scouts with mm-hmm. us, myself, uh, our our Eagle Scout youth leader, and then our Scout Master. Okay. So it was a group of wow. us four. And then there was one or two kids that would come in and out of that group. They weren't regulars, but they, they kind of, I mean, they would do some sessions, and it, we did, there were some awesome things that we did in that, and, and we'll, don't let me forget, to circle back to that campaign. Okay. You seen these kids with dice. Yeah, do you remember who it was or that I know you said you and your you your know, best friend played right. so the most. The first couple steps were I I hadn't gotten plugged in to anybody else with the same kind of interest as me. I had kind of these more close friends, but I would try to get them excited about giving it a shot. And I think what happened was I bought either the starter box. I think I bought the starter starter box. Yeah, that was a that was a good starting point for a lot of people. They would they would always have these like little starting adventures kits. Yeah, like modules. Yeah, it would have a small module. It would come with like some pre-made characters cuz so you could see what they look like yep. cuz it is if you're not I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it. If you're not like mathematically minded, mm mm-hmm. Mhm. The role play is obviously the easy part if you're into the creativity and right, the writing. Right. But when it comes to like mathematically calculating everything, that can be overwhelming can for be... a young person mm-hmm. that's yeah. not like thinking about that. Yeah. Stuff. So I remember I I GM'd without any kind of experience. I got the rules. I I butchered the rules. I remember the one the one my one friend. I called you out. It's sort of where Ooh, that's I, the worst. When I you wasn't get called out as the I wasn't master. doing. Uh, I was doing my best, but I wasn't doing a, a great job. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Let's just let's just fight a dragon. Let's just." And I was like, "Oh, just telling you." What I was do. like, "You don't want you don't want to do that." No. He's like, "No, no, I do." And that's I that's like, like max level stuff. Like, okay, well, let's let me just load a dragon up right. from my book. And I didn't realize that hit dice was different than hit points. <laughs> so oh, he had dude, like that's... he had like eight hit dice, and <laughs> my friend ended up killing him in like one shot. And I was like, you know, he did like nine points of damage. I was like, he's dead. And my friend was like, this is stupid. This game is terrible, right? <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, it's not stupid. Like, like I knew it wasn't. Yeah, I had done something wrong. You got to the point where you were comfortable enough to let out what you were hiding, right? Which is that you liked this thing, and those people, and then you, you blew it. <laughs> it totally blew it. Yeah, yeah. I remember there's so many, because uh, I've done both. I've been a player through campaigns. I've been a 
it's interesting to me that you say GM. Mm-hmm. You instinctively, I've never heard you reference it as DM. And I've always, you know, just DM. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm talking about another game like Fate or GURPS or whatever, mm-hmm. I always think Dungeon Master. I right. never think Game Master. That's what GM is. Yeah, yep. That's funny that you... Why, did you always think of it as GM? No, 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 did no. Did you never uh, hear the term no, no. DM? I started DM. So um, you have just sort of generalized it. Yeah, as... because I, I went to the other systems who referenced this as, as GM. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I ended up defaulting to yeah. over time. But no, it, it started as, as DM. And you could do a whole show on being a DM mm-hmm. because there's so many moments. I never got caught. I will say that I was very lucky enough. I was very good at acting my th- way through or, mm-hmm. you know, faking my way through my mistakes mm-hmm. as a DM. Every DM, every GM makes mistakes in every session. Yep. Every session they screw something up. It unless you're perfect. No. Nobody's perfect. It happened to me just the other day. Well, there you go. See, yeah. you screw something up and then it's your job, the D- the DM or GM's job is to get through that screw up. So that it looks so seamless <laughs> that the player characters are like, wow, that was cool. Yeah. That was really cool how that thing, it looked like he had died from the way that stone tablet crushed, <laughs> crushed him. But it was all, it was an illusion. Right. That was cool. <laughs> it was a ghost door. <laughs> oh, no, that was a ghost door. Yeah, it actually it just fell through you. Fell through you. It's like, oh, I just killed, I just killed the party. <laughs> so that's that thing. Like, And that's, it's, the DM and the GM is not there. That's where my original group of D&D people, not not with the Scoutmaster, we'll talk about that, but when I first became, because he was our DM. Mm-hmm. He was a, one of those silent protagonist players, which is how some people like to play. They'll DM, and then they have a character that just is kind of along for the ride. Yeah. But they want to do both. Yep, yep. I've and done I, that too. I've done that before. But in the first campaign that I DM'd, there were so many mistakes that I would make. Mm. And my group was so into this strict rule following, mm. just like rules. Well, that wouldn't happen that way. That's not possible to happen that way. The, and that's when I realized to have fun, you have to realize that the the DM, the person running the game, for those of you that don't know what the DM is, the person who runs and makes the game happen, makes the world, runs the actions, controls all the non-player characters, mm-hmm. their job is not to follow the rules and is not there to run the law. They're not there to to be the judge dread of DM. They are there to make the game experience fun mm-hmm. and make whatever situation entertaining for the player characters. Not to be some strict rule follower. Right. Because then if you're if you're so legalistic in the way that you DM a game, then it isn't fun no. at all. And you can't role play. Right. If you're being super legalistic, it's super hard to role play. And if you're the party members are being super rule crazy, min maxing, only focused on their little abilities and exact number crunches, that's fine sometimes. But when that's all they're worried about, mm-hmm. no role playing happens. No, right. And that's the other thing about Dungeons and Dragons, there's so many ways to play Dungeons and Dragons, but I think the the big the focus one should always be the role play. Right. And then the story, yeah, the story, the role play, the campaign, what the characters are trying to do mm-hmm. overall, the mm-hmm. overarching thing, and then the modules and the maps and the fights supplement that mm-hmm. to to drive the story. When a lot of times, I think when 
especially with fourth edition this happened yes that combat and miniatures ran the game and the story was a background yep now i mean there's there's some people that really enjoy that i think and um, that's fine yeah but you all have to be on the same page yes. for sure yeah and i think those players are missing out on what Dungeons and Dragons really can be, mm-hmm. the games like Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. When you finally did get a group that played, that, how long did that last with the guy who wanted you to uh, dragon him? It up? was that. It was that session. That was it. And that was it. Yeah. So, did anyone make it to your next group, your next adventuring party from that crew? Oh no! So you no. started over. No, no, I started over uh, three times before I found. Uh, a group, a good group to mm-hmm. to play with, and that group, that good group that you found, were they people that you were super familiar with? Were they buddies, or was this a group that you kind of got to know through D? No, no, it's it was it was uh, one of my best buddies. Right, you mentioned that you played a lot with him. Yeah, yeah. So we actually started. I think it must have been some version of first edition because it was just called D and D. Um, very simplistic. Well, yeah. not simplistic, but simplistic in the sense of what you had on the table. Right. So, for example, a dwarf was always like a dwarven fighter. Yes. That was before there was more separation because the early D&D days, yep. it was almost like your race determined your class. Yes. And there, there wasn't this thing of class and race. Right. It was just defined. And they held on to that for a while in a way mm-hmm. where the later editions... You would pick a class and a race, but there's classes that you would never put with that race. No. Like, oh, no, no, you're not going to be a barbarian wizard. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. You just don't do it. And I don't think it was until the much later games that that became something that was acceptable because having a flawed character is way more fun than having somebody who's perfect. Right. It just fits the stereotype. Right. So you were playing that version. See, I never got to experience that. And I know to do that now, that version probably feels so obsolete. Yeah, it does. It feels very constrictive. So what was that original party? Or was it just you and your friend? Yeah, it was me and my friend. And you didn't play a character? You know, I think I did. Hmm. Um, So I got to participate in the combat. And what did you pick at that time when you couldn't actually pick classes? I mean, you could, but you were mostly picking the race. Yeah, I think I was just like a human fighter, I mm, think. Mr. Pretty, generic. Yeah, generic pretty, Gerald. Well, yeah, it was pretty it was pretty boring. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was juggling the story too. So. Yeah, because you were also running the Yeah, main so I don't game. think I was super worried about mm-hmm. it, honestly. Yeah, that makes sense. When did you transition away from and how did you transition away from the the sort of base Dungeons and Dragons? I remember I had a, a friend in school who Played AD and D, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Mm, Add, yeah, and he would. <laughs> ADD is something very different, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> um, he would tell me like every day. He's like, I can't. There's no way that D and D is better than AD and D. AD and D is so much better. And I, I would fight with him on this. I would argue I had really very little exposure to AD and D, but it's totally better. Oh my gosh, Thacko aside. <laughs> Oh, so good. Oh my god! Oh, absolutely. Night I didn't know day. that at the time. Night yeah. and day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huge difference. Yeah. That's why so many games were based on. It. Right. 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 So it took me a little bit. Of, it took me a little while because I was still in that D and D. But 
you know, D&D was helpful in that it kept things simple initially for me to wrap my mind around. And then finally, once I got, you know, some base competency. So, yeah, yeah, because that's the thing. It is, it's all about practice. Yeah. I, I could not run a session without, you know, a whole day prepping mm. when I first started. Mm-hmm. Once I got good at it, I could I could fly by the seat of my pants mm-hmm. pretty well as long as I had sort of a module just in front of me. Like if I have a module, oh cake, I don't have to I don't have to prep. Right. I mean, it helps. You should. Right. You absolutely should because you should know. You don't know what your players are going to do. You can only force their hands so much mm-hmm. before they get irritated because mm-hmm. they might be like, well, I want to. Tra- we, why don't we just travel? We'll just do the three day travel. We'll right. get some horses. Or we'll. Tra- I want to travel to this town. And you're like, oh shit! I haven't prepped for that. Town. <laughs> I don't even know what's gonna be what's in that town. Right. <laughs> That's tricky. That's yeah. Tricky. So you really you gotta. The more you prep, the better. The, well, there's but there's a sweet spot too because like you said, you know, I I would hate preparing for hours and then my players do something completely different there is that you know what and you're then, right you're right you're you know right. The, all that preparation is shot and i would hate that so i would try to get like this outline i actually got really good at, at uh improvising mm-hmm. really good now i feel like i need a little bit more preparation for a story arc mm-hmm. you know uh when i was flying more by the seat of my pants it was sort of this never-ending adventure you know it just snowballed and now I'm much more interested in having, you know, the build, climax, the resolution. The yeah. you know, intro, build, climax, resolution. Get the characters to the point that they should be in their life. Right. Basically tell their story. Right. right tell right, that right. character's story. Yeah. But it's still, um, you know, and I, I was just working on this yesterday. Um, I, I prepare to a certain extent, and then I kind of have to pull myself back and say, you got to stop because... You know, hopefully the characters are going to go down this route, this rude, route, this rude. They're going down this, <laughs> this route, right down that rude dog, or this road, road, route, <laughs> route, route. I'd say route. All right, um, but there's no guarantee, you know. Yeah. So, especially now, what he's talking about, I'm assuming, is the campaign we're going to be beginning. Yes. So that is fate. Fate. Gerald has gotten me into the idea of playing this game. Fate. This is going to be. The first non-Dungeons and Dragons tabletop role-playing game I have seriously participated in. Mm. This is going to be very new for me. I'm very comfortable in the D&D rule set, the D&D, just the way of play, the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Fate is very much more adaptable mm-hmm. to a lot of different things. So I can see where the prep would be so important because it's not like you're going to go online with fate and just pick up a module right and have us run a module right they're out there um but you know i've, I've always kind of been um the gm to kind of tell my own stories mm-hmm. so that's that's what i've been working on um some of the some of the ones out there though the modules man they're super creative yeah they really are we're starting with a fantasy genre if you will right so i can ease into it i can understand you know wizards and and clerics it's it's familiar yeah you know so that way you can kind of focus on the rules Mm -hmm. and see how the rules work um and not worry so much about the the skin of the game now 
I will say this. I've I've we've got a, a couple players in our party. Yep. One um has quite a bit of experience with uh, the fate system. He and I have been uh, using it for for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Another one is has got decades of experience in D&D. He's 69. <laughs> he's a 69-year-old man. Um he he's got decades. He's he's been around since uh first edition. Mm-hmm. Um he he might have been in college when that Yeah, I think he might have been in college when first edition or maybe high school when that came out. Um but the bulk of his experience has been D&D or right. you know. Which is the same for me, Dungeons and Dragons right, from right. third edition on. So he's really struggling wrapping his mind around the openness yeah. of fate. And it's less about the number crunching and the stats and the math and it's more about the the kind of literary descriptors. Yeah, the dice don't even have numbers on them. Right. Right. That's I was like, "Wait, what? Your pluses and minuses. Plus what?" <laughs> minus what <laughs> our first session is going to be this week yeah and uh i'm excited because i'm not running it <laughs> because i can just it learn but it, the good thing is i'm not the only one that's learning right so it, it's going to be interesting and i like that with fate the main focus for the all the prep sessions has been creating your character mm-hmm. and telling your story and that's going to be that's going to be the fun part of it and then let the sort of combat and the sort of rules that go with the game to make it progress yeah. come come because of the building of your character exactly and it's their story. Kind of, it's a the the numbers and the abilities and the skills are a mechanism to tell more of the story, mm-hmm. which is which is not the way it is with D and D. No, and that's why I'm I'm excited about it because I do <laughs> I do like the theatrics. And things like that. So it'll be fun to do that. Gerald has this thing where he's like, all right, uh, I want you guys to have voices. That's the first thing he said. I want somebody who's going to be, who's going to put on a voice. You need to sound like your character. Yeah. And one of our characters is male, (laughs) but his character is female. Is a female. (laughs) I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Has he been practicing? He better be. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, uh, you're losing, you lose points right. because you didn't do it in your character's voice. Yeah. But that's what's so cool about games like Dungeons and Dragons and Fate is that you can take on a persona in a way that a video game based on D&D could never do. Because you can create a character in Baldur's Gate, but it's never going to be 100% your creation because right. you're still using a template. You can only look a certain way. Yes. But in this, like, you don't even have to be an artist. You can design your character in your mind mm-hmm. and make other people see that character in their mind the way that you see it to the f- most minute detail. Mm-hmm. That's not something you can do in a video game. Right. Which is what always appealed to me in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I, you know, same with, uh, you know, started with the Choose Your Own Adventure books where I want to be able to choose this door. I want to make this option you know, a possibility and in video games and things of that nature, like you only have a limited number of choices. Yeah. Even if it's an open world game, there is still a linear direction mm-hmm. and path that you will need to follow eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, game creators can't plan yeah. for every eventuality. And a DM or GM can try to. Uh-huh. And there, there is that sense of when you're a DM or a GM, getting them on track 
without pushing them right. to do something. Because I think the most fun campaigns are ones where the players just completely went against the grain and it forced the DM to create something entirely different. Mm-hmm. And then I think that made makes the DM get into it even more. Cause like, all right, we're going to, we're, I guess we're going to just have to do this. It's frustrating at first because you may have done a lot of prep, but those other things you can always come back to. Yeah. You can always power them up mm-hmm. a little bit cause they'll be stronger when they get there. Right. So it's kind of a, a fun thing. I do with Dungeons and Dragons. I think I, and going into fate, I am going to miss some of the combat stuff. Cause I do like combat. Yeah, and 5th edition, you know, is really streamlined. So you're very... I have not tried 5th edition. I stopped after 4th edition mm-hmm. because it kind of was a struggle. I We finished, almost finished an entire, Gerald as well, and almost an entire 4th edition campaign. We ran... Do, it was hard to get through. It was. There were sessions where... <laughs> Gerald and I would look at each other. I feel like we may not have ever spoken about it. We would look at each other from across the table. Everybody else is totally into it. Everybody, we had like a freaking six. Was it like six of us? A six-person party? It was a lot. It was way too many people. So much combat. Ugh. And I feel like Gerald and I would catch eyes. We would just be like, I just want to go home. Yeah, just. Because <laughs> it was so not role-play focused. Oh and gosh. fourth edition is so focused on these power cards and... They wanted to. It's like they wanted to turn it into a card game mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. You know, because you could even print out your little power cards. Like, all right, I'm going to use Lightning Fury Sword, right, or whatever. Even for like wizards, it felt so lame. I would like get prep my spell book, uh-huh. but they weren't. I wasn't really. I was doing the same thing the fighter did. Yes, yes. My class didn't feel any different from the fighter. The fighter would have these cool swirling attack moves, and it'd be like, oh, it hits everyone within a 360 degree radius. With any squares touching the fighter, their swirling uh, slash will hit. And then I would have a spell that's like a fireball that would emanate from my position. It'd be like, oh, it'll hit anyone within the squares that are touching you. Like, wait, so that's doing the exact same (laughs) thing, just with a different name. Right. And that's where it it became D&D 4th Edition was a huge step back in role-playing, and it was a huge step forward to being a Warhammer. Yes. 40k miniatures game yeah and and that was the downfall mm-hmm. yeah so when fifth edition came out um i was very skeptical really skeptical and ended up uh getting my hands on a copy of the rule book and kind of started th- thumbing through it mm-hmm. and uh, was pleasantly surprised actually yeah 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 it actually teased me almost. I was like, should I do a 5th edition campaign? Do I want to do this? That's what I'm thinking. Like, if we get through Fate, because mm-hmm. we're thinking, like, what, six months? We might try it and see how things yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once we get into the, the thick of it. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing that is probably the hardest for new Dungeons & Dragons or tabletop role-playing gamers. They're getting into it for the first time. It is a different kind of commitment. Right. And you have to know that it's going to take a long time to get into it. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take a long time to finish a campaign. Mm -hmm. And that's actually something I wanted to talk about. What was your longest campaign that you made it through in Dungeons & Dragons? Or it could be Fate, something else. What, What was the longest string with the same party... And right. how far they made it. Uh, see, okay, so 
if you had to put it into time, not sessions, but how no, many? no, it was years. Years. The part of the, part of the blessing and the curse of the way I GM'd was we would play for hours on the weekend, and you just can't prep for that. Um, so you really have to improv a lot of it. The downside is the character arcs, the story arcs really don't exist. It just everything bleeds together. You know, it's just this never ending story mm, Fal falcor right 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 <laughs> um so you know the characters they're yeah. still out there floating around somewhere unresolved unresolved yeah wow which yeah. is sucks my my buddy and i still talk about going back and trying Finishing to it. yeah yeah there's some really big story threads that are that are left undone yeah we yeah, our fourth edition campaign that we did, we never fully finished it. I don't think. Did we? Did we finish it? I'm, I'm thinking we didn't. I think it just kind of stopped at one point. Yeah. I, I don't I, think we fully finished it. We certainly, there were certainly no role-playing arcs. Right, that right, happened. right. And we did, we were not the, we were not the GMs mm -mm. in that situation, or DMs, as I like to say, direct messages. <laughs> when uh, my, the campaign I played... Probably it was the third, the third campaign that I DM'd was the most successful. It was, it was fourth edition. Hmm. The combat was a little more streamlined than when the the version we ended up playing together. And did we do two different campaigns or just the one? I think I, th I think we did two, and we like we started over. You remember that? that Vaguely. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. that's what ended up happening. But we did finish that campaign, and it was years. And I believe this campaign, we did it, we started it, and we did finish it. We finished the story. We went through so many modules. I would basically take modules, mm -hmm. and I would string them together into a greater story mm -hmm. that would fit what I was doing. This is the campaign that I based on Suikoden, mm. and which none of them had played. So it was sort of fun. It was still unique because the modules had nothing to do with Suikoden. Right. But the overarching story was kind of based in the world of Suikoden and this this group of rebels going against this uh, evil empire sort of situation, then building up their own headquarters and mm -hmm. army to eventually go out and fight against this empire, mm -hmm. but in a D&D &D setting. And it probably went for th more than maybe three years or more because there were some breaks, and it's actually kind of a crazy... It's kind of crazy how it went. We had, I think it was like a five-person party. I did not, I, I think I had a, a silent protagonist character mm. that was just kind of there as like a buffer. And then as we finalized our group, I was like, man, I don't even need this guy anymore because we had like six people. Right. And my good friend, uh, Steve, was in this, we, we always played D&D &D, um, together. After that first campaign that I played with my scoutmaster, when I revisited D&D &D in high school, he and I were the ones that sort of started it and campaigned it to our other friends to start it. And we did this campaign in the beginning of college we started. Like right after high school, we started this campaign. And it ran for years. And it was the same group. Freeman was in this group as well. Okay. Who, who you know. Mm -hmm. And we went through module after module after module. And it... it we were so dedicated. It was every Sunday night. We would get dinner. We would meet. We would have this big, we'd have the big tables out, 
I made, uh, I would take foam core, the giant foam core sheets, and I would, um, I made grid lines on them with Sharpie, and then I laminated them, and then I would use dry erase markers to draw in the map elements. So we had all the maps, the dungeons, everything was very visual, because with 4th edition, it's kind of necessary. Right. We all were required to paint our miniatures, we had to get tell our story and everything. Freeman was always really good about story. He was really into backstory. And Steve, we, we got about a year and a half in, and he got sick. Mm-hmm. And he had leukemia. And it was, it was a huge thing. It was horrible because we, we had never experienced someone that close to us get cancer and mm-hmm. get sick like that. And it, it, was, it was rough. I remember we were all hanging out at Zach's place, and we got the call that he was sick. We're like, oh my gosh. And like not in like some weird way, we're like, the campaign. Because it was so ingrained right, right, in right. our world that like every Sunday we meet. Steve was there. Steve never missed a session. He was at every single I would pick his butt up if he's like, oh, I can't, oh, I'm, I'm out of gas. Mm-hmm. So I come get him. You know, we'd go to Wendy's and we'd come and be eating like junior bacon cheeseburgers and like right, drawing right, right. the maps up. He would help me draw That's the maps up. That's a good up. night there, dude. Yeah, yeah. And uh he got sick, and it was it was like, wow, this is... Because it was just part of our routine. We just mm-hmm. did it every Sunday. And it's, I mean, not to get too, so sad, but, I mean, it was it was major. And they had to rush him. It was a huge deal. They had to go right to Philly, mm. uh, University of Pennsylvania Hospital, because it was serious. They mm. didn't know it was late that they found it. Wow. He'd just been sick for weeks and weeks. I remember this is, I mean, it's not funny, but it's a funny story. He would love me to tell it. Uh-huh. But <laughs> I remember uh, him and uh, Jerome, who you know as well, he mm-hmm. played, Jerome played with us. Like, he was an in and out. He would occasionally show up, but he wasn't always there. And he played a female character. He always played female characters because he, he was a pervert. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. no, love you, Jerome. We, <laughs> but he, uh, Jerome and Steve told me the story beforehand. He was starting to feel sick all the time. He's like, he's like I don't want to be weird, but I haven't pooped in like a week. <laughs> I can't poop. And we're like, what? And he's like, Jerome, can you pick me up? And I was like, why, why, do, why do you need to pick, pick you up? And he's like, I gotta, I gotta get some laxatives or something. Didn't tell anybody. He's just like, ah, you know, I just must be stopped up. So he went and they got laxatives or whatever. He's like really awkward about it. He's like, ah, no, I still can't poop. And it was like a long time after that that they kind of found out through a blood test what mm-hmm. had happened. It was mm-hmm. out because he was just getting really sick. And I saw him like a week before and he looked really sick. And then... They, you know, I got the call. His mom called me. We were all hanging out. We were playing Smash Brothers. Mm. We're all playing Smash Brothers at Zach's place. And I was like, that was Steve's mom. He has leukemia. And it was it was crazy. And they're like, we're wow. on the road. I have to go. I just want to let you know, Dave. Click. I was like, whoa. And this is, this is how crazy our group is. Skype was still in its early phases. We, he was, he was bedridden. He was in the freaking hospital. It was hard. And he was all the way in Pennsylvania. We, he was like, I want to play. I want to play. He left his miniatures with me. Mm -hmm. He would take his, he had his dice at the hospital. How awesome is this? That is badass. We set up uh, my webcam. I would have my webcam as an overhead view Uh of the map. And then we would connect him to Skype. And he would watch and listen, and we would play the game with him. He'd be like, all right, um, move me up two and over one. 
doot, doot, doot. All right, I'm going to use uh, Flurrying Slash or whatever. Because uh-huh. he, he was a dragonborn fighter. Uh-huh. He was huge. And we did that for probably seven months, wow. seven or eight months. And he would, he would Skype in almost every session. Because wow. he was, Steve was such a dedicated guy. He was such a great guy. So, so, so dedicated. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate. You would have gotten along with him. You would have loved Steven. He was such a cool guy. You know, big in RPGs, uh-huh. love tabletop role playing, love the story playing as storytelling, role playing aspects of of tabletop role playing games. And um, he he went into remission, and he came back in person, uh, and we we finished we we almost finished the campaign. He was in remission for a year, and he came back, and it was yeah, I mean, it was too much. He, mm-hmm. he it got him, and uh, I saw him uh, maybe a week before he passed away. Um, and we, we did in D and D with this big, like dedication to his character that he had, he had passed on to another plane. And I know that seems like super cheesy no, and lame, no, but man, that's because awesome. he was so into it. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it was crazy. And like all that, like that's something that would have never happened. We wouldn't have, we probably would not have stayed as connected while he was in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. in the hospital if we didn't play D and D. Aside from me going up and visiting, because Skype was like no, none of us were like calling each other on Skype, right? And yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that we probably stayed more connected during that that tough time because of Dungeons and Dragons. You know, hospital stays are the worst, and they're so boring and grueling. You know, and it's just tests, and it's just the nurses. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's it's. I mean, nurses are great. Don't don't get me wrong, but it's just it's. It's an environment that's tough to be in. Yes, and I think yeah, I think the nurses they were like, oh, oh, he's got his Dungeons and Dragons dice out. Yeah, and they you know. Just see him playing. But I can only, I can imagine him looking forward to that. Yeah, for the whole week. What an awesome like distraction. That yes. Is. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, otherwise you're just sitting there. You're going to the cafeteria. You're, I mean, maybe you're on your laptop. Right. I mean, you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because it's not like internet was as good as it no. is now, where you could just like. You know, play online games all day or Look, talk to people. I love me some online games, and I can play for hours, but I can't play all day. Yeah, and in that situation, you might not want to. Yeah, you know? right. So, because that was the thing. Like, well, that, he could just lay back and just just play. Just all I had to do was look. He just tell us what to do. Man. And he could just control his stuff. It was major. But that's cool. just phenomenal. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think I think it would definitely, if there's ever been a, a point where we needed one, I need a game break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so game break today. We're gonna let's. Whew, it's getting intense. Yeah. It's getting intense, Gerald. So let's let's reel it back in. All right. Simple game break. I was nice enough to give you a little heads up on this one. Mm-hmm. So I want you to tell me, Dungeons and Dragons specific. Let's keep it specific to D and D. What is your perfect four person party and why? I'm talking classes. You can include the races if you that know, matters. It's to funny you. you gave me a heads up on this question, and you're still. Party. And I'm no no. I'm sticking oh. with my knee jerk answer. Which is I finally give you a heads up right. and you still you know it, jerk my knee. Right. It's hard to go with anything other than your classic, your fighter, cleric, wizard, thief, you know, combination. Like your your halfling thief, your you know, elf mage, you know. Okay. Um super boring party. Human fighter. Human fighter. Uh, human, usually it a would human actually, cleric. It would actually be human, human cleric and dwarf fighter. So you would do a dwarf fighter. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I can see that. I my go to is always the wizard. I like wizard classes. I like mm-hmm. mage. I like the mage style, old school, 
the the intelligent crotchety pointy hat wizard. I'm mm-hmm. just into that classic that look. Yeah. I'd probably say mage because of Final Fantasy. Probably, right. <laughs> probably black mage. Offensive magic has always been my thing. I never liked playing healers, mm. and I don't think healers that like to play healers really like to play healers because being a support class, you never feel like you're in the fray. Mm-hmm. You're always in the background, like, all right, let me help everybody else look cool. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the healer. Sometimes it felt like that. Unless you're, I mean, a paladin has some healing. Ability, yeah. Which helps a little bit. Fighter, healer, in a way. So my, my perfect party, ooh, Class-wise, you got to have a wizard. You mm-hmm. absolutely got to go wizard. I, I definitely like wizard over sorcerer and warlock and mm-hmm. all, that, all that mess. Wizard, I would go cleric over paladin. You know why? Because paladins always seem like they're real, in, really into themselves. Yeah. All that lawful good requirement crap. We got to talk about alignments a little bit yeah. towards the end here. But yeah. paladins always seem like goody two-shoes to me. Yes. Like too much. Because my go-to alignment has always been chaotic good. Yeah. Chaotic good, because you know I know it's a little it's a little cliche, a little generic, but it's it's your your greater good, and it's like you know what if I if it's gonna help us save the world, you know rules are meant to be bent. Yeah, some some laws are unjust. There you go. You know, and that's the problem with paladins. We're like, oh, we got to follow the law, even yeah. though it's killing millions of people. I I think you know paladins are almost more problematic at times. Lawful good is a problematic alignment. Yeah. It's just as bad as chaotic evil. Right. I think so. Well, you know what? Chaotic evil is probably better because at least at least they can kind of they don't have a law to follow the same way. So they can they could be you could be chaotic evil and still be <laughs> a less annoying person <laughs> than a than a paladin. So chaotic good, you were a chaotic good yeah, player. Yeah, I was either um neutral good or chaotic good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, neutral good, I can see the appeal. Chaotic good just sounds fun. Right, yeah. It? Yep. I think his Minsk from Baldur's Gate was always chaotic good. And mm. that's where I was like, oh, yeah, I like that. He's a little off. Yeah. He's a little off. I like it. Minsk the Ranger, what a great guy with his space hamster boo. <laughs> Minsk, oh, so great. I, we need more characters like that in video games. Right. Not enough of those. Not enough Minsks out there. I think he was in like the Neverwinter multi massively multiplayer game i think he had like a cameo or something hmm. i'm not sure because i did play neverwinter nights the original editions of that that was a really fun fun game to play for sure mm-hmm. so wizard see i would always put in because rangers have some of those roguish stealth skills mm. they're sort of an all-around i usually will take a ranger over a fighter hmm. so i would go wizard ranger I always like the animal familiars, like the that too companions. Yeah, so you got that extra. Yeah. So yeah, wizard, ranger, mm-hmm. and then I'll go cleric. Mm-hmm. Got to have a cleric in there. You need a healer. And then the fourth one is always kind of a, a fun. I like the idea of a bard mm-hmm. because of the buffs mm-hmm. in a non-healing way. Or I would go with if you want to get hardcore, go with the monk because monks are cheap. Because you monk, you don't have to buy them weapons. It's true. These are their weapons, so all the gold can go to the people who need to buy weapons. Because <laughs> gold is always, if you're playing D&D right, and you're playing a D&D based game right, gold is scarce. Yes. You're not just running, you can't just buy everything you want. You go into a town, you might be able to buy one thing mm-hmm. for your entire party. Maybe one item. Right. So that's that would be my go-to party. And I was always a big fan of, uh, I always played half-elf mm-hmm. or human. Human if I was feeling generic, but mm-hmm. I like the half-elf. I like the half-classes. Gave you just a little half flavor. Half-races, yeah, mm-hmm. a little extra flavor. I like the half-races, but they were never as beneficial as just playing an elf wizard. Right, 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 right. Just something about it. I was like, well, I want to be full elf. I like to mix it up. Mm-hmm. Mix it up a little bit. All right, so there's our game break. A 
I feel better now. I'm not I'm not all depressed now. <laughs> Back, so with the classes, do you have any what what might be one of your goofiest or maybe your funniest story that you remember um, from a campaign or some weird situation that happens? There's always some goofball situation that happens so in a campaign. We were playing my buddy and I we were playing um part of the campaign and I was in a bad mood for some reason. Mm, that will translate into the game. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't have as much self-control back oh, then as I do young, now. A young, back then he was Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and something happened. I was just angry, and he had made like a bad decision. Or you know what? He may have not even made a bad decision. I may have just like taken my bad mood out on him. I feel horrible, and I killed his character. Like I, I didn't do it on purpose, but I let a bad roll. Go through. Go through. You didn't uh, cheat for the players. I didn't cheat, which sometimes you gotta cheat for the players. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. And I just let it go through, and I was like, "He's dead. That's it. He's dead." And you can get resurrected, but it is a major chore. Yeah. And uh, my buddy, he doesn't get pissed off very many times, but this. He loves his characters. He loves his stories, and he was pissed off. Is this the best friend? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to ask him about that Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, you bring it up. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. There, well, there's, and there's another story that he's still, he's still. He'll immediately disconnect from the Discord. Oh server. my gosh. He's still upset with me about. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we ended up rolling up another character. It was just going to be this sort of like throwaway character. He didn't even care. Um, and then it turned out that new character was the character that we had the years long campaign with. Wow, and then funny how things work yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. That's good. I, the only ones I can remember, I remember in that original group with the scoutmaster, that this kid. It was it was like a group. Like I said, it was originally his son, myself, and two others. And this other kid wanted to join in because he heard us talking about it. I was like, this kid, <laughs> this guy doesn't get Like, I was kind of being a douchey <laughs> D&D elitist about it. I was like, he doesn't get, he's not a D&D player. He just sees us doing it, and he feels left out. Terrible. And our scoutmaster, oddly enough, name was Jerry. <laughs> he says, no, well, we'll let, we'll let him try it out. We'll let him try it out. Like doing tryouts, like right. auditions. <laughs> he shows up that next week because he we would talk about it because we would be at scouts like on Wednesday or whatever. Uh -huh. and we would talk about it, and he like other kids in the troop would hear overhear it. We had a small group, I mean, right. it was like twelve of us, and the group was you know half of us played D anD D, and he's like, oh, I want to get in on that. And so he shows up that week after Jerry's like, all right, all right, here's what you need to do. Here's the disc, whatever, make your character. And we hadn't played that many sessions. He, this kid shows up. <laughs> Half orc. <laughs> bard. Half orc. <laughs> bard. This is what he picks. No! It wasn't a half-orc bard. He did a split class where you could do a dual class. Oh, I know, yep. So where you're, oh, let, you know what? Let's not mm. pick one class and master it. Let's pick two and be crappy at both, mm -hmm. which is already a problem. Did you ever play with a try class? No. Oh. <laughs> and they're like, everybody's level 10 and they're level 2 because right. they have to split their right. experience right. up. And so he was, he was a half-orc 
barbarian bard. <laughs> so totally opposite ends of the spectrum classes, and he was a half orc. Give him credit. He was trying to play unique, mm-hmm. which is something a lot of people don't do. Because I was again, I was like, "You're dumb. Why would you play that character?" Everybody said, and he played till the end of the campaign. Wow. And he sucked. <laughs> But he played till the end. Where do you even put your your ability scores? How do you balance? Oh, they're trash. They were terrible. <laughs> but we did we did legit rolls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So which already you know. So all of us kind of started with more. I love. I hate where it's the point by. I hate point by system. I want you to roll three. Take your highest mm-hmm. three rolls for each one. Take your highest. I love that because then it's like, oh, you're a real person. Yeah. You don't decide. You're not in the womb. You're like, all right, let me just. Let me work on my charisma. Right, right. You just get what you get. Uh Uh-huh. And if your interest is wizardry and you're strong, figure it out. Right. Get the right armor. Right. Get the right staff that gives you the bonuses to make you more able to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. But yeah, it was... And I know, I know... He was like the first troll I ever... The first troll. That's hilarious. He was the pre-internet troll of my life. Because we were pretty young. And sh- yeah, he freaking knew. He only chose that because he wanted to be a big old orc <laughs> barbarian dancing and singing. The visual. That's why he did it. He was trolling us. He was orking us. He was, he was totally half orking. <laughs> That's us. hilarious. Crazy. Another kind of fun story about that original group. It got to the point where I told you he was also the person that got me into uh, swords. Yes. And collecting weapons and stuff. He was really into that. I remember when they were talking about Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. as it was going to be a movie or whatever. And he was like, oh, I want to get uh, like the Gandalf sword or whatever. You know, so this was, I mean, it's crazy to think how old Lord of the Rings, the first Lord of the Rings movie is. Right. So it must have been super early 2000s. You know what? Yes, it was early 2000s. Because I remember going, I went with my neighbor mm-hmm. um, and the theater was packed. We had to sit up. To the, like the front rows that was like level, mm. and I remember looking up at the screen and getting vertigo because they had those like <laughs> wide like, you know those yeah. panoramic views and you'd yeah, like yeah. go down. Mister Mister Motion Sick, right? And I was like, this. <laughs> no, I will agree. I can't sit. I have to sit sort of in the the middle. Yeah, middle left. It's my go to. I don't understand people who sit all the way in the back. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't want to watch a movie from the top of a building. Yeah, no, I, I got to be kind of eye level. Yeah, eye level. Maybe a little to the left or a little mm-hmm, to the right. Not, mm-hmm. You don't want to be head on. No, I don't no. See it. I, I like to be on the aisle. Yeah. Well, well I, don't, I can't do that. Yeah. Only on the aisle. Well, look at you. In case you got to get out. Or if, you know, you want popcorn He's a dumper. Something. No. <laughs> <laughs> mid, I'll never understand people who can just get up and go get popcorn in, like halfway through the movie. I went to a movie like a month ago, sitting there, sitting down or whatever. Oh, I'm going to get there a half hour early. Even if. Because nowadays, a lot of the newer theaters, you pre-purchase and yeah. you select your seat. Yep. I'll still get there a half hour <laughs> early. Because it's just in my, it's ingrained. No, you get there early, you get your right seat. Right. And this guy, God bless him. God bless him. <laughs> the movie starts with a crazy action sequence. It was Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. Crazy stuff happening in the beginning of Deadpool 2. This guy's like, man, I'm out of popcorn. <laughs> he just gets up in the beginning of the movie and just goes. So... Everything else that happened was completely out of context. If you've seen Deadpool 2, the way it starts, if you miss the intro, the whole purpose of what's kind of going on with Deadpool is totally, he comes out, he's like, oh, and of, of course, hey, babe, what's, what's, you, what's you all mad about? 
I'm like, Dad, come on, man. Why did you go? That's the thing. If I have to poop and I'm at the 58 minutes you just, in, you just walk away. I don't care. I'm, no, you watch it. Okay, you watch it. So no. either either you watch it or you walk away. You oh, just cut I'll, it. Walk I will away. be <laughs> pinch the loaf. Now I'll fill them drawers up before <laughs> I will miss. I paid. Especially you're paying thirteen dollars for a movie minimum. It feels like the nice theater. Right. Now I'll hold it. I'm a master of holding it if I'm in a movie. Man. <laughs> Gerald's like, nope. I probably just leave. I'd be like, I'll, I'll come back a different day. <laughs> you got you drop it. I, can I get a refund? I have to. I have to poop. <laughs> I have to go take a poop. I think you actually, if you do have to leave. I think you can get like a voucher, depending on how long. Yeah, to come back, I think. <laughs> Unless it's like there's two minutes left in the movie, like, right? Yeah, oh, I, I gotta go. Can I get a refund on this? Yeah, you probably, probably the can't ultimate do that. scam. But going back to that, man, off topic. We're very good at that. Mm. <laughs> he he started to get into the the Renaissance Fair aspect gotcha. of role play, mm. where more the LARPing. Yeah, almost like, but we weren't actually LARPing. Gotcha. I've never LARPed. Me neither. I'm not gonna say I wasn't interested in it at one point. I was, I was, like, ah, I, was I was LARPing curious. I, <laughs> I love the way you, <laughs> you two out there on the internet. I've always been very intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. And then that movie, uh, Role Models, came out where they totally made fun of LARPing and everything with Paul Rudd. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, McLovin from, and I was like, oh man, no, I can, I can never LARP because now people know what it is. Right. That was probably the one thing where I was like, no, I don't think I can own that. I don't think I could own LARPing. But I would totally, if if, if a group was like, and you were in it, <laughs> and they're like, hey, guy, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna LARP at the park. We're going to start LARPing. Here's the rules. I'd be like, I'm totally in. <laughs> I am totally in. Just because I want to see how it's done. I right. want to see how it plays. Right. Getting the foam weapons and stuff. Uh-huh. This is sad. But uh, the Scoutmaster and his son would, dress up start dressing up for sessions wow like they would wear like and they had like bracers and wow. stuff wow they would have like their swords sheathed and uh-huh. stuff. I was like wow that's pretty cool and then to really ramp it up <laughs> this I got this idea from him so when I ran D&D I would play battle music for the fights yes and I would give I would play like town music mm-hmm. in the town so it gave it this cool atmosphere yeah I man. love doing that and, yeah you know, having all these game soundtracks I had so much music to pull from and I love doing that. And where did that come from? Uh, my scoutmaster, because it, he wasn't that cool. Though. He didn't have video game sounds. Right, right, right. He would bust out. He put the boombox on yep, the table. Yep. And we would fight. And again, I'm not even in high school yet. Not even in high school yet. And he would play Blue Oyster Cult what? tracks during our fight scenes in Dungeons & Dragons 3rd Edition. Because a lot of them are about like knights and yeah, mystic. like. yeah. Yeah, so he would play Blue Oyster Cult during the fight scenes. It was ridiculous. I'm like, who is this band? <laughs> I didn't know. Right. <laughs> I didn't even know Don't Fear, Don't Fear the Reaper at this point. Right, 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 right. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah, so, such a fun... I think that's that's what I fell in love with you. I was like, this is so ridiculous. I love it. Right. <laughs> and it, I remember him being like, you know, I got a leather guy if you want to, like, get some bracers or something. I was Who like, says that? I got a leather guy. <laughs> yeah, I got guy. a leather guy. You know, he's right. down off 13. He's got, he, that's where I got the bracers from. They got a nice string. I went with him once to pick up his, his, like, he got leather belt pouches or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's pretty cool, right? I think he did go to Ren Fairs, though. So it's not like complete, like, he just did it for D&D. Right. That right. might be too much. But if I had, like, disposable income or any income back then, I right. probably would have done and, it. And too. here's the thing, too. Like, if you're going to Ren Fairs, like, it's, it's, 
you can only go so many times in the year, yeah. you know? Yeah. And usually a lot of those, you know, enthusiasts. <laughs> nice. Good, right. Good save. <laughs> good save. It's high quality, you know, material. It's, yeah, it's, it's not It's not some cheap Chinese no, eBay costume. No, order. it is legit. It, yeah. it is nice. Yeah. I mean, he was this guy was a literal, a literal leather worker. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to wear that one time a year. I want to wear that every yeah. weekend. It was so awkward, though, because I knew, even being, I wasn't even in high school yet, I was young, but even then I knew that the owner of that shop was like, this guy's a whack job. <laughs> because people went, you know what that guy specialized in? Uh, cowboy boot repair, mm. saddles, okay, saddles and reins, and like um, high quality like workman's belts mm-hmm. that he would make out of leather. Mm-hmm. And then this guy's coming in with like a blueprint. And he would like he'd be like, oh, here's the design I want. I want it, you know, these sort of like he's like, well, what what is this? Is there gonna be other like bracers? Mm-hmm. He'd be like, All right, well, you're you're paying. <laughs> right, 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 right. So and then he like he got a lot of stuff. He got the belt pouches, he got these bracers and stuff. And then he got the guy to like do like uh sort of what do you call it? like emblems mm. by using branding tools wow. to like burn it into the leather and stuff. So you have these cool like elven designs because uh-huh. I think he played an elf. Mm. Yeah, an elf ranger. Mm-hmm. I think was his class, but isn't that crazy? That like, is. He was into it, but again, it just he was so into it that uh, that carried on. And it's excited. funny how that can almost be like contagious, you know? Dude, it, I was I I bought the sword. He bought the mm. first sword. He's like, "You want one? I can get you one for twenty bucks." I was like, "I have twenty dollars. <laughs> My allowance is coming in." Right. <laughs> and they're like, "What do you? What you spend your allowance on?" Ah. No, Mr. Jerry uh, had a sword I could buy. My dad's probably like, oh, all right, well, whatever. <laughs> you imagine, like, coming home, you're like 10 or 11 with a sword you know, from your scoutmaster? Right, but here's the thing. I mean, God bless our parents. Like, they didn't understand <laughs> it. They didn't know what was going on. Yeah, my parents could have been like, no, I'm shutting it down. Right? Done, you're going to go over to, to Mr. Jerry's house and play Dungeons and Dragons on a weekend? Yep. Scouts isn't the weekend. Right. Yeah. I could have gotten shut down too. And, and they were like, ah, no, we trust you. Mm-hmm. We trust you. <laughs> Coming home with a sword. Ah. <laughs> like that's, I think if I had kids and my kid was like, yeah, my scoutmaster, you know, I bought a sword off of him. Most, not a typical right. scenario <laughs> for anybody. No. But yeah, like it just, it just, it made it so much more real though when you have like a freaking sword. Right. And I played a wizard, so I didn't have a sword. <laughs> should have been, should have been a half orc barbarian wizard, right? <laughs> the battle axe wizard, <laughs> the ultimate fighter mage, right? Oh, geez. Um, so I want to. We are running low on time, but I do want to talk a little bit about how you've. I feel you have strayed from traditional Dungeons and Dragons, and I feel like you're starting to prefer. These more indie, kickstarted, mm-hmm. non D and D rule systems. Yeah. When did that start? When did you get? Because like that's the thing. I've never played a tabletop RPG outside of Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons. It's just it's been my home. Mm-hmm. And I don't like you're ripping me away from my love. Right. My sword scoutmaster. Right. Right. <laughs> my beginnings. So what? What was the first system that got you out of? D and D, or not that you're out of it, but you right. haven't played it in a I, while. No, I haven't. I think probably GURPS 
GURPS. Yeah. That's one that I know a lot of people. I was very familiar with GURPS. Almost joined a GURPS campaign, mm-hmm. and then it quickly turned into D and D. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, for those out there who maybe don't know what GURPS is. It's a uh, stands for General Universal Role Playing System. Um, so it's it's a role playing system. system. Yeah, that can uh, it can be a sci fi adventure. It can be a fantasy adventure. It can be a modern day mm-hmm. adventure. It can be a uh, you know. 1920s you know prohibition adventure um whoa that that sounds riveting <laughs> ha. just keep going <laughs> um and i can't wait to play fate now right <laughs> um <laughs> so i just gotten i think bored of the genre i i'd done fantasy for years and years and years it is the same thing and over i and just over again. wanted something different Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, I, th- I thought, what, what else is out there besides D&D in terms mm-hmm. of a rule system, mm-hmm. you know, so we don't have to play fantasy all the time. And that's when I went, when I went to GURPS and GURPS was very comfortable. It had a lot of the stats, you know, it had yeah, a lot the of the D20 skills. system kind of can pull over to yeah. it. It's a good transition. Yeah. So it felt familiar, completely system. different system. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it did take a little bit to get up to speed, um, but flipping through the rule book, I was like, you know what, I, I think this could work. And it does force you to play differently. Yes. And I like, and this is what I like about a lot of the non Dungeons and Dragons systems is most of them implement flaws, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's something that in D anD D, like you can make a character that is not flawed mm-hmm. when everyone has strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. D&D, I can't recall many characters of mine that had strengths and weaknesses. Right. They were very strong in their class. Mm -hmm. They could be weak. Like, my wizard didn't have a high wisdom score Mm -hmm. because they didn't need it. Right. So wisdom didn't matter. Right. Strength didn't really matter. Right. So it it forces you to think outside the box Mm -hmm. and make a more realistic person to role play as, Mm -hmm. which I love the flaws and I love, like, in Fate... The sort of, uh, what do they call The trouble. It? The trouble. Yeah. My troubles. My little troubles. Mm-hmm. I like that, and I'm excited to sort of see how that goes. There was really only one non-D&D system that I was ever interested to try. And there's no way in my crew that I could have pulled off trying it. There was a an official... Ghostbusters wow. tabletop role playing game. Wow. Where you would basically your party was a franchise. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was what the new movie should have been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There was a it was Ghostbusters was huge. The original Ghostbusters are known as the sort of originators of right. Ghostbusting. I like that idea. That's they, a franchise. Because yep. it's not just new ghosts aren't just around in New York. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really good idea, and actually. They still exist. That original franchise exists. Right. You were a ghostbusting franchise and you would create, you would have skills, and there were things like charisma. So they would use the Ghostbusters as templates hmm. for character creation. So yeah, you, could be you like, see how it's a class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Egon's more of the scientist right, class. Right, right, He's very much on the intelligence side. Uh, Peter Venkman is a charismatic class, very good at speaking to people, very good at schmoozing, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit con man-ish. Mm-hmm. You know, Ray's sort of the heart of the Ghostbusters. He's sort of like, almost like a cleric. Like mm-hmm. He keeps people going. He's like a support 
class, you know. Right. Winston's sort of the 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 everyman, you know. He's sort of a jack of all trades type. He's a little bardish. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I always wanted to try it, but you know, and I'm sure that the books at this point, it, it's probably so obscure. It's public domain at this point. Right. You can easily find. Um, scanned PDFs of all the stuff you would need to play it. And you would basically make a little franchise ID card, and that's your character sheet. Oh, wow. Yeah, and you would go out, and you would bust ghosts, and it had its own system. And, huh. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is. Yeah. It, look it up. It's very interesting to, to read about. I read a lot of the books. I printed them out, and I would just read through. I don't have the old scans that I printed. I mean, that was years and years ago. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, nobody's, none of my friends are that into ghosts. I'm really surprised that that, yeah, you never gave it a go. Yeah, I mean, it just D&D made more sense yeah, for yeah. the the grander community. Sure. I would have been the only one super hyped about it, mm. and I would have to be the one that ran it. Right. <laughs> so right. I would have been able to actually play a Ghostbuster. So have you personally played 5th edition, just to get back on D&D? I haven't. I haven't played it. Mm-hmm. I've read the rules. I like the rules a lot. You know, I'm... So maybe if we finish Fate, we'll try it? Yeah, I could see that. It could be fun. I could see that. So last thing I want to talk about. Before we get to the Q&A, is Fate, we are going to be playing Fate via Discord. Mm-hmm. Is this your first time doing a tabletop RPG over the internet? Yes. What do you What do you like about that? Do you like the idea of it? Are you nervous about that? How, you know, how are we going to run that? All of my games, not all of them, because GURPS, I did, we did use some miniatures with GURPS. The vast majority of my experience has been primarily a narrative kind mm-hmm. of RPG. Which will be perfect for Discord. Right, exactly. So I'm comfortable with that. Um, what I'm uncomfortable with is I've made some cheat sheets with the rules and I've got copies of all your characters and things like that on my iPad and also mm-hmm. on my phone. But I'm using Discord. So it's going to be juggling programs and things. So I think we have to print some of that stuff out. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm most concerned about. I'm not concerned about going over the internet and having it be the audio because no, that's, yeah, we we yeah. have to figure it out. What about dice rolling? How are we going to handle that? At this point, I think it's just going to be uh, trust. No, because I don't have I don't have fake dice. Um, I'll, whoops. Yeah, I'll have. To, do you want? Well, here's the thing. I was going to ask. I wonder. There probably is an app. Um. Yeah. 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 Where I can just roll the dice online. Right. Yeah. You can do that. I can give you some. You know, some physical dice. I love physical dice. Yeah. I'd certainly prefer it. Yeah. 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 yeah that, that'll that be, that. that's the big hurdle in my mind, like just seeing dice on the table. Mm-hmm. That I'm going to miss. This is my first time doing it this way, yeah. aside from Skyping in my buddy back in the day, but that was totally different. Yeah. Yeah. So that, do you think, I, I seem to notice that a lot of the people, like I went to too many games convention recently, mm-hmm. and I was talking to a couple of people about D&D. And uh, one of my good friends, Duke, who I've mentioned on the show before, he is, like, involved in multiple ongoing Dungeons & Dragons campaigns, 5th edition. And they're all done through Discord. And it's just mind-blowing to me. This will also be my first that's strictly Mm -hmm. via the internet. Do Mm -hmm. you see that as, like, the future of how tabletop role-playing is going to happen? It's, it's, I think it'll be a component, you know? I mean, online friendships and things have you know just become so mainstream now yeah and also as as kids grow up and move away from their friends or their their college buddies or whatever 
um, and you're, you know, you're Skyping in or, you know, you're staying connected. So it'll definitely be a component, but you're always also going to have those flesh and blood kind of groups where you get together, whether that's how you start mm -hmm. or, you know, you meet new people and you're yeah. going to get, a, get around, um, you know, a table. There's this shirt I've seen uh, where it's got, you know, a table and chairs and it says, you know, my first console was a table and chair. <laughs> right, you know? right. Yeah, and see, that's the good thing is, for you at least, you have played tabletop role-playing games with the other guys in our group. Yes, yeah. And I have played normal board games with all the guys in the group. Mm -hmm. So we're all familiar with each other, yeah. which is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all trust each other. So in terms of, like, roles and things like that, yeah. we're, we're all... There's no the... point in cheating. No, no, no. And we're all of the like mind where, you know, like, failure adds... A drama and conflict yeah failure in a tabletop role-playing game is not you losing exactly whereas i feel like if you're kind of a min maxer or you know you're just about the combat you are a little bit more prone to cheat because that's you know what's at stake and that's where you get your satisfaction yeah whereas you know if, if something bad happens um, with the story, it's just more drama and it's more like, oh crap, what are we going to do? Kind yeah, of thing. Let's figure this out. Yeah. yeah. What movie do you go and see where everything works out every right. time? Exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's a movie that doesn't make any money. <laughs> Whew, that was fun, man. Yeah, man. That was good. So let's look at the Q&A. Got some questions. Okay. And look at that. We've got a question about Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. How, how relevant. Oh Lord, this name. This is going to, I'm going to really zoom in on this one. Stuslof Chandelure six zero nine. Stuslof. That might that might Chandelure six zero nine. Is that the name of your character? That might be an NPC in the future. That's an NPC. Oh, please! I will I will uh, screenshot this name and send it to you. Yeah, do Stus it. You run into the local uh, the local barkeep. Stuslof Chandelure. <laughs> 609. Well, put the numbers on there, too. Oh, absolutely. He said, you talked about D&D &D before, and I was wondering, I think we answered this question, if you ever had one of those players mm. who doesn't play seriously and doesn't even try to and gets annoyed by the pace of a campaign. Yes. So yeah. my non-trier was the half-orc barbarian bard who ultimately got into it and was fine. You're right. I mis I misjudged him. But do you have any other stories? I do. Him? Mine was this only lasted one session. Okay. Character creation, and the guy said the kid because we were kids. He's just a kid. He's like, I just want to wear boots. Nothing else. I'm just wearing boots. Ah, another troll. Yeah. Just being dumb. Yeah. Just, just to be dumb. I ha I hated that. So I just want to wear boots. D's D and D's out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I mean, and, and that's like, you're making your character, and it's like, okay, so let's your armor class. What kind of armor? He's like, I don't want armor. I just want a pair of boots. And that's it. Nothing. Was I'm like, so be, you're just trying to be funny? No, because that's how he played it. You know? So he's like, so you're walking in town, and he's like, I'm buck naked except for my boots. And I'm like, like we, if you're not going to take this seriously, you know? And he kept going? He, he tried to, but it lasted like a session. The session was like a half hour because he clearly wasn't taking it seriously. And right. I was like, I can't. I can't so he never played another session. Yeah, no. That was just a single. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. All right. Next question from Sly Beast. Sly Beast. From Sly, your shirt. <laughs> For the Q&A, what are your professions? Gerald, what do you do? In real life? I 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, the, none of these other ones have to do with D&D. Um, I am an environmental scientist. Environmental scientist, Mr. Smart. I'm a teacher. I make no money. <laughs> That's my profession. I teach for a living. The secret's out. Now you know what Game Dave does. Joel Sundstrom. almost said Sunstorm. Another very D&D sounding name. Joel Sundstrom. Game Dave, what's your favorite game console? Uh, PlayStation. The original PlayStation is by far my favorite, I have to say. Only because I played the most hours of games on the PS1. I remember <laughs> getting excited for the weekend. Not because I was off school, but because... Or to sleep in, like most kids. is because I could get up at 5 a.m. to play RPGs on PlayStation. And I would play all day. Go to sleep early to get up early to play more I mean I would I would beat certain uh you know RPGs in a weekend. Wow. Because I would just all day all night just obsess. Wow. with PlayStation 1 RPGs. It's almost like I should do more videos on them. Right. What was that? Was that was it wow that you played where you like a whole day passed and you weren't aware of it. World of Warcraft, yeah. <laughs> stupid, stupid. It was actually Steve and Jerome. Right. Those idiots. They were like, <laughs> come on, man. Play World of Warcraft. You'll love it, man. You love RPGs. It's great. You can play with us. And they're like way higher level than me. So they were, they were like babysitting me. That's mm -hmm. the problem. Like your friends, if they've already started yeah. and you didn't start with them in an MMO... It's so hard to catch up. Mm -hmm. It's such a slow game to progress in. Mm -hmm. But I did like it. It was love-hate because I, yeah, I started, like, lunchtime. I was like, I ate some lunch. I was like, all right, I'll ah, turn the WoW on. Let me log in. Okay. And then I was like, man, I am hungry. And it was 6 a.m. the next day. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Excuse my mouth. Jeez, man. Yeah, it was, I was like, I can't do this every day. And it was, I didn't even... I just went to sleep that morning. <laughs> and I was like, guys, I got to go to bed. I love that story. It that's was a great story. Horrible, dude. I don't know the exact times, but it, that's exactly what it was. It was awful. <laughs> so what's your favorite game console? You know what? I, I have to say the Sega Genesis. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was, that was huh. the first console wow. that I just fell in love with. People are going to love you for that. A lot of oh Sega fans gosh. out there. That's awesome. What was your favorite game on the Genesis? Altered Beast. Altered Beast? Yeah. Oh, gee. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember playing that in the arcade, and then that was my favorite game in the arcade, that and Golden Axe. And, bring, oh, you and know? bringing them home. And then bringing them home, and I was like, oh, my gosh. My I can't play these at home. <laughs> Jeez. That's awesome. Yeah. I, not what I expected, mm -hmm. but I like it. Last question from Source Drop. Davey, my Davey, <laughs> what mics do you use? And do you use a different one for episodes? You sound podcasty here, but not in reviews. Drops the mic. <laughs> he wrote that in there. <laughs> so for digitally distracted, because I wanted it to have that a podcasty sound. The podcast. Yes. So you'll be the audio version. You'll enjoy that, <laughs> I'm sure. These are Blue Spark microphones blue spark xlr condenser microphones these are discontinued these this version they're now called the blue spark xl but i just i just like the look of these and the sound of these is slightly different than the xls so i went out of my way i already had one i went out of my way to get another one from a discontinued uh, old new stock 
seller. Because mm. I didn't want to give Gerald a little used nasty money. I appreciate that. I, I'm very nice like that. A so that's OCD. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> For the main show, I actually use uh, one of the Zoom portable audio recorders just because it's a lot easier to sync up. But who knows? Maybe one day I'll try one of these and make it sound not so podcasty. But then everybody's like, why does it sound different? It'll sound like significantly better, but the fact that it sounds different, people will complain. That's just how it works. Nobody likes change, Gerald. Nope. Now, if you want to ask a fun question for the next episode, you can do so in the comments of this video. Or... You can send in topics for future shows. That'd be We're, fun. If we run out, we might need some. It's true. You can also find me on Twitter. You can at me on Twitter, or you can use the hashtag digitally distracted, and I'll be able to find your questions, comments, or topics for the show. And of course, you can join the Discord server. And if you want hardcore, you want the behind the scenes, all the secrets of the Game Dave channel, you can always support on Patreon. Mm -hmm. I'm Game Dave. I'm Gerald. Thanks for getting digitally distracted with us.